then here's three tips that might be helpful to you, right? You send that out. And if somebody clicks the link to look at the three tips, well, that's them raising their hand and saying, I got a problem you can solve for me. You should have a salesperson call. This is the Sales Babble Podcast, episode 295, How to Automate Follow-Up, an interview with Craig Klein. Welcome to Sales Babble, the podcast that shares selling secrets for non-sellers. And now your host, Pat Helmers. Hello, sales babblers. This is Pat Helmers. Today, I want to stand in judgment and admit to the world that there was a time when I collected a lead, I would dance with joy. I excitedly followed up, and then again, and then again, maybe, and then most likely nothing. Until weeks later, I'd realized that I'd forgotten about the lead and feeling guilty, maybe I got back, maybe I didn't. Maybe a year later, I would bump into the lead and only to scratch my head and ask myself with guilt, hey, Pat, why didn't you keep on top of this lead? See, this is the thing. Why didn't I just automate this process? Why not use that spreadsheet of all spreadsheets, the CRM, to automate this follow-up process? Which is why I invited our guest, Craig Klein, to the podcast to talk about leads, emails, and managing a sales funnel via a CRM. So, with no further ado, let's get to it. Welcome, Craig. Are you ready to babble? I am babble ready. Craig, I was looking at your biography, and it says that you're an avid sailor. Is, is that right? Yeah, I love sailing. I fell in love with it when I was in college and been doing it ever since. I assume you have a boat. Well, I used to, and now I'm part of a club where I have access to multiple boats, so that's even cooler. That's cool. The reason I bring this up is um, I know a little bit about sailing. I've done some myself, but I've always been intrigued by that homophone of sail and sail. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is a sales podcast. Right. So I was wondering, do you see any alignment between you know the selling process and tacking and jibing and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what I love about sailing is that, you know, it's never it's an ongoing, just minor little adjustments. Right. So you have to be very in tune with what's happening with the water and the wind and the boat. Right. Um, which to me is perfectly analogous to selling. You got to be totally in tune with your customer and what signals they're giving you. And that's how you're going to be successful. I like that idea that you're constantly tuning it. And, it, and it's constantly changing, isn't it? The wind's constantly changing. Yeah. As soon as you set the sails and pick a heading, give it five minutes and you'll need to adjust. As a sales manager, I always thought was intrigued that once you kind of figure out what people's pipelines ought to be and once you kind of figure out what their quota ought to be, the next year, it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same business. And that's kind of the things, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here, Craig, because you're in the CRM business, right? That's right sales nexus does the world really need another crm <laughs> there's a, a ton question. there's a ton of them out there yeah no, <laughs> so i, got, I gotta ask me, really what makes you special what differentiates you from all the rest yeah if you ask me we have enough of them now nobody else needs to create any more ones no, you know, um, I mean, we've been doing this for a while and, and the, the marketplace was not as crowded when we started. In fact, 
I know you'll recognize some of these names. You remember the old uh, sort of granddaddy of sales contact managers, ACT, right? I used, I used ACT. Yeah, and so did I, and I loved it as a salesperson. And then my, uh, you know, as my career grew, I found myself managing salespeople that were all over the country and trying to synchronize ACT databases back in the days before the cloud, you know, that, that was just a nightmare. Um, and so long story short, when we started sales nexus, the goal was to give people that were using act, which at the time was the market leader, um, a place in the cloud to have the same experience as a user that they were used to in act, but have the benefits of everything being in the cloud and instantly real time synchronized and all that. We had act and we were looking to synchronize them and look at some of the software they had. But of course, mm -hmm. we looked, I remember looking at a couples and of course I bought Salesforce. Yeah. Yeah. And we did too in my, in my last position uh, before I started Sales Nexus. And we really missed the, the real strength of ACT, which is you could customize the layout of the customer screen so that when you're looking at a customer on your computer screen, everything you need to know about that customer is right there front and center and organized just the way you want it organized. So, you know, you didn't have to drill through three, four different screens to get the whole picture. Right. And that was, uh, that's the main thing we wanted to mimic from act. And, uh, we did, and that's still really one of our main claims to fame is as a salesperson, it's just faster and easier to navigate through making a lot of calls and doing what you got to do with a customer quickly um, with our solution versus Salesforce and really most of the other ones. So this kind of goes to the conversation. I've had a few C CRM people here on, on sales babble is that what is the focus of the, of that tool? Some of them are very seller focused and some of them are very manager focused. And I actually have some yeah. questions in both of those realms. Where do you guys come down when it comes to this? Is this is this more for the managers? Is this more for the salesperson? Or you're going to probably say, well, it's for both. <laughs> well, of course it is, you know, because the manager is going to write the check, right? So um, in, in the end, he's the decision maker, but he's not going to get what he needs if the salespeople aren't using it consistently, right? That And that's, of course, where most CRM implementations fail is they get sort of inconsistent adoption. So if you got, you know, 25 salespeople on your team, you got five people that just love it and use the heck out of it. And you got 10 or 15 people that kind of use it. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And then you got another list of people that only will use it if you walk in their office and stand over their shoulder and make them use it, right? Um, and when that's the case, management is not going to get a report of their pipeline that's in any way meaningful, right? Nope. So so job number one is to make the salespeople's life easier so that they will do some minimum amount of input into the system so that management can get what they need out of the system, you know? And what kinds of things are that that would motivate a salesperson to say, yeah, this is going to make my life easier? Sure. Well, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, number one is just make it simple. Put everything in one place. Don't make me navigate through three different screens 
before I pick up the phone and call somebody, you know? Um, so that's number one. But number two is make it the source of leads. You know, I mean, as a salesperson, what do I want? What do I wake up in the morning hoping for every day? It's a great lead, right? So make the CRM the place I'm going to go get those, you know? So whatever your marketing strategies are, make sure that, you know, for instance, we run into uh, big teams of salespeople, very successful teams who are getting a lot of leads from their website, let's say, you know, they're doing some inbound marketing and things like that. And when the leads come in, they're forwarding emails around to salespeople. So what they're doing is creating this nightmare for the salesperson, right? They've got to check their email to find the leads, respond to the lead, and then once the conversation with the lead is over, they've it's on the salesperson to spend all this time putting everything in the CRM. What that leads to is inconsistency, right? Some salespeople will do it religiously. Some people will do it sometimes. And some people will hardly do it at all. And then what that does is it totally undercuts one of the most important opportunities that using a CRM opens up. And that is just basic lead nurturing, right? Um, you know, any sales team, doesn't matter what industry or how good you are, whatever, one way or the other, you're going through a lot of leads and you're closing, you know, 20, 25, 30% of them, right? So you're touching a lot of people and building relationships with a lot of people that aren't turning into customers. And usually when they say no, it's not that they're saying, Hey, listen, I'm never going to do business with your company. <laughs> you know, it's more, it's more that they're saying, now's not a good time. You know, we're under contract with another vendor or our budget doesn't come up until the beginning of the year or whatever. Right. Um, so if all you do is have some automated lead nurturing campaign that just stays in front of them, then those leads are going to come back to you. And we see typically a, a, you know, sort of a sales focused organization that's mostly focused on outbound efforts by salespeople. If they just put a lead nurturing system in place, they will see a 10 to 20% increase in sales in four to six months every time it's tried. What would be an example of lead nurturing? Well, um, so let's say in a um, sort of traditional sales approach where you got salespeople going out and doing a lot of networking and they do some cold calling and, you know, old school tactics, right? Um, then again, they're meeting a lot of people. They're collecting a lot of names and phone numbers or having a lot of conversations. And then they close, you know, let's say 30 out of a hundred. So you take the 70 that they didn't close this month and you just put them on a automated email drip campaign. You know, it's going to send them an email once a week, once a month, whatever you think is appropriate. That's, you know, not a sales email. It's not a, hey, are you ready to look at that proposal again type of email? It's a, uh, it's more, um, you know, we're experts in this field. And so here are some helpful tips. If you have this problem, here's some, you know, five ways to reduce costs on, you know, truck maintenance or whatever it is, you know, uh, that you sell, right? Helpful tips that establishes you as the, and as a helpful expert. So they look forward to hearing from you because you're helping them. 
but then there's your your emails are solving problems that your products and services also solve so that when they get those emails and they click on them and they download your guide to you know reducing costs or whatever they're basically raising their hand and telling your sales team hey you should probably call me right now because i have this problem i really like that these are almost like blog posts that maybe you have you've written on your website anyway right and re repurpose yeah. them for for this drip campaign that's exactly right that's a great point you're making because what we see is that's the scariest part about doing this to most companies is they just don't feel like they're good at creating that kind of email or the kind of content that the emails might point to. And typically you don't have to do anything different. You already have the content um, on your website. It's just about creating a simple little email to point to it. Let's look at it on the other end. Cause I really like this idea of giving value to the, to the sales professional. What about for the sales manager? What KPIs, you know, key performance indicators, do you think sales managers should be looking at to best manage their teams? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, fundamentally, my approach to, to that would be to say that every business is different. And the, and the things that you need to measure are different from what I need to measure and so on, you know. Um, in fact, to me, that is the most insidious part of most of these, um, you know, CRM solutions that are kind of purported to be sort of these out of the box, presto, go kind of solutions, you know, um, where, you know, it's already pre-designed. There's a lot of them for specific industries um, because what they're saying is um, the things that matter in your business are the exact same things that matter in the next business. And that's rarely true, right? Um, I may need to see how many calls each salesperson made or how many you know, new leads did they qualify this week or something like that. Of course, we all want to measure things like that. But it's the little details that make all the difference in the world. In other words, Sally you know, qualified a hundred leads last week. Wow. That's awesome. You know, maybe everybody else only qualified 50. Um, so I might just, so based on that basic metric, I might want to walk down the hall and give Sally an attaboy or at a girl. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, the little detail in that business might be that, you know, two weeks ago we had a big meeting where we decided we're going to really focus on a certain type of account in a certain industry and with a certain number of employees, right? So Sally, she hit a, a great number, but it's in the wrong industry and it's the wrong size account, right? So my, my metrics need to tell me not just Sally qualified 100 leads, but she qualified 100 leads of this size account in this industry and, you know, compare that level of detail with the other members on the team. And that's kind of the, the, the key to me to making it work for the manager. That's sort of the last mile, you know, um, of setting up a CRM is can you take the, the out of the box reporting and, and dashboards and things like that and adjust them so that they're putting that kind of information right in front of you. That to me, what that does is it changes things from, 
Okay, now I've got some neat numbers that are kind of fun for me to look at on Monday morning. But typically, I can't really make any decisions by looking at it. You know, I still got to walk down the hall and ask questions of my sales team to really get to the truth. If you add those little details that matter in your business, then you're getting to where you have actionable information on the screen and you're making the manager a lot more effective and, and efficient. What, when people use the term CRM, it, sometimes it gets confusing. Is it, is it stuff that the salespeople use or it's stuff that marketing uses for like, you know, automated email campaigns and something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, in your mind, what, do you, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, that, that's the million dollar question, right? I mean, you know, like, is it, is it Infusionsoft, right? Is it MailChimp or is it yeah. Salesforce? Because they're not the same thing. In fact, Salesforce has got their Pardo thing, right? Right, right. They got that right. Like, yep. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's what I always say to prospects um, is I would not want to be in their shoes because it's got to be mind blowing. To, to look at the marketplace and all the different solutions and try to make an informed decision. I mean, you know, it's very complex because you, in my mind, it's, you know, it's 2019. We're all spending more and more and more time and money on our digital marketing, right? And automating things. And so my marketing system and my sales system definitely need to talk to each other. But in most setups, making them talk to each other and keeping them talking to each other in the right ways is not easy. It kind of takes a full-time person to babysit it all. Either one of those consultants we were talking about or somebody on your staff. Right. And, um, you know, it really undermines, um, a lot of opportunity. So back to your point, um, which is a great one, right? The, the number one thing that's sinking your, you know, your sales results today is not really how, how well is your sales team performing. It's how many people out there in the marketplace just don't even know you exist and therefore are doing business with your competitors because they've never heard of you, you know? So how do you fix that problem? And, uh, you know, to, to me, Step one is you need the, the marketing system and the, the sales system to be one and the same co- so that it, things can flow back and forth, um, you know, re- in real time. So I can buy a list of, you know, in, in a certain industry, let's say, where there's a real strong trade association. I might be able to get the membership list, right? Um, oh, there's, there's lots of places you go to the library. Yeah, exactly. And so you can... Um, you can load that system into an email marketing or I'm sorry, that list into an email marketing system and send out some emails and generate some interest for your sales team. Right. That's pretty straight ahead. You know, anybody could do that and there's lots of different tools, but here's the problem. You know, we all, we're all getting all these emails and uh, we're all just trying to delete them. We don't really want to read any of them. So um, if that, are you hearing that? Sorry. I am. It sounds like there's a yeah, hope, no, hope the fire's not at your house. I think I'm I... safe. <laughs> or in your office. Uh, I'm, I'm actually right down the street from the fire department. So that's, that's about a once a day occurrence. 
Well, you know, actually, I am too. I'm across the street. I'm in the St. Charles and the fire department. Oh, you can, yeah. I can actually see it out the window. Yeah, so yeah. it goes by every half an hour. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> so the, you know, the point is if you send out an email blast to a, to a list of, of potential customers that, you know, you're not already engaged with at a sales level yet. Um, number one, most people do it wrong. They send out an email that's all about them, you know, Hey, we're so good at this and we have all these great, you know, awards and our pricing is wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, that's the wrong way to do that. That's going to get deleted immediately. Nobody's going to read that email. But if you create one that's more about the customer, again, kind of like we were talking about earlier with lead nurturing, same thing. You know, if you have this problem, then here's three tips that might be helpful to you, right? You send that out. And if somebody clicks the link to look at the three tips, well, that's them raising their hand and saying, I got a problem you can solve for me. You should have a salesperson call. The problem, again, with most systems is that that's happening over there in the email marketing or marketing automation solution and getting that lead to the salesperson is, you know, most often there's some manual labor in there for somebody on your team. It's Monday morning. I'm sitting here having my coffee and starting to make my calls. And I got say, you know, 40 people I need to make follow-up calls on. And then while I'm in the middle of that around nine o'clock, I start seeing, all these new, what we call click notifications showing up. So these are new people, people I've never talked to before who just got one of my automated emails and they click to get the three tips or whatever. And I pick up the phone and call them. And if I can do it relatively quickly, what I like to say is, you know, if they call in the morning, I'm sorry, if they click in the morning, call them in the morning. If they call in the afternoon or click in the afternoon, call them in the afternoon and it's a warm call. It changes cold calling from, you know, hi, this is Craig with sales nexus and we provide a blah, 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 blah to, you know, Hey, Pat, I noticed you were taking a look at that video on sales management dashboards. What'd you think of that? You know, I'm getting right into something I knows on your mind. Um, and man, it works every time it's tried, but you got to have that, that that uh, quick response time. Craig, how can people find you online? Um, well, if you go to salesnexus.com slash sales, we created a page especially for Sales Babble listeners. So you can go there and um, you can get access to our, our four steps to market domination, which is our guide to customizing your CRM like we've talked about and also creating lead generation and lead nurturing emails like we've been talking about. Uh, you can download that free right there at salesnexus.com slash sales. Cool. That's excellent. 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 Craig, thank you very much for visiting us here in sales babble. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's really been fun. I enjoyed it. Look forward to uh, hearing the episode live. This is going to be fun. It will. Hey, you take care. Thanks a lot, Pat. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, I really enjoyed spending time with Craig, and truth be told, I've spent quite a bit of time with him lately because I've been on the phone with him in a number of meetings and in the studio the last few weeks. Why? Craig's decided to become a sponsor of Sales Babble. Isn't that awesome? I'm very excited. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to have Craig share a quick two-minute sales tip each week, how to do networking, how to work a trade show, empathy, listening, understanding a buyer's persona, and how to know what to ask, all the kind of topics that I know is of interest for all you sales babblers. Now, we're going to start this next week, and I would really appreciate it if you could show Craig some love by going to his link at salesnexus.com sales and get his Four Steps to Market Domination Guide. And if you're driving and it's too hard for you to write all this down, of course, I will have the links in the show notes along with Craig's social media and his company. And as usual, you can find that at www.salesbabble.com slash 295. Got a question or a comment for me? Do not hesitate to reach out. I'm easy to find on the Sales Babble website. Hey, I've even got a little chat link on there. If you click on that chat link, if if I got my phone in my pocket, and I very often do, you can ask me a question right then and there. Or you can send me an email if that would work. That's all I've got for this week, folks. Until next Tuesday, take care and have a highly successful and a profitable selling day. Thank you for listening to the Sales Babble Podcast. Find us at www.salesbabble.com. This is a production of Abenero Media. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.